Welcome back to USHJA On Course. I'm Teresa, and you're listening to our 20th episode. Before we jump in with today's guest, Anne Sherwood, I have a few association updates for you. What happens in Vegas won't stay in Vegas. The 2022 Marshall and Sterling Insurance USHJA National Championships are almost here, and we're bringing you every bit of the action live on USCF Network, November 14th to 20th. Good luck to all of our members competing. We can't wait to see you there. After two years of virtual meetings, we are thrilled to be back in person at the 2022 USHJA Annual Meeting at the Hyatt Regency Bellevue in Seattle, Washington on December 12th to 15th. Join us in the Seattle area for a front row seat to sport governance meetings and discussions, plus the evening of Equestrians Awards. Select sessions will also be streamed virtually for those unable to attend in person. Registration is now open at ushja.org slash annual meeting. Now for our guest. Ann Sherwood is an adult amateur rider who just topped the inaugural USHJA 3-3 Adult Jumping Seat Medal Final West. After taking a break from riding and traveling the world as a photojournalist, Anne has returned to the ring with her sights set on adult equitation. Tune in to hear what brought her back to the sport, why she loves it now more than ever, and how she balances being a rider, a mother, and a photographer. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking some time off today to come and chat. Sure. No worries. To start us off, tell me how you got started in the sport. Um, so I grew up on the Chesapeake Bay outside in Annapolis, Maryland, where we lived when I was born. We were surrounded by horses. It was all horse farms. Um, and my family was more into boats than horses. Mm-hmm. My dad was a big time sailor. He's in the Sailing Hall of Fame and He's a legend on the Chesapeake Bay in sailing. He was in the Olympic trials, won a race, and just missed the Olympics. So my family was was very into sailing, but my aunt was into horses. So I had I had both sides. And um, when I was eight, a friend in elementary school invited me to come take a lesson with her at a barn. And I went to that lesson and it was like I had discovered ice cream or something. It was like <laughs> the sweetest, most delicious, fun thing I had ever done. And I was hooked from day one. I was completely hooked and obsessed. I loved horses. I always loved animals, but riding them, learning to ride was so much fun and just somehow just spoke to me in a way that I couldn't believe that I had lived around horses all the time and had never discovered this. Mm-hmm. So it was like living in a candy store and never trying the candy and then trying the candy and saying, wow, this is incredible. <laughs> so um, so literally when we drove down our driveway, there were horse pastures on both sides. So I quickly sold my little dinghy sailboat that my dad had given me for Christmas and bought a pony and kept her in that pasture by the driveway at the old dairy barn for $35 a month. And I kept her in the field and I would go out to catch her in waist high grass 
in the summer and I would hop on her bareback and ride her back to our house and ride her around the vegetable garden and set up little jumps out of sticks and cinder blocks and whatever I could find (laughs) and put her in the dog pen and groom her and ride her home at the end of the day and put her back in the pasture. Oh my gosh. That's like a little girl's dream. It was amazing. And I swam her in the Creek. We lived right on the water. Um, It was very country and I was kind of lonely out there because there weren't a lot of kids, but the barn opened up this whole other world and community as it does for us everywhere. Mm -hmm. That is one thing I just love about riding. And so I discovered all these people at the barn and made all these friends. And I rode my bike down there every day. I had this incredible independence and that was how I got into riding. And so then you kind of went through some of your junior years and then what led you to taking a bit of a break? So I went from pony to pony and I took one pony and then sold her and then bought the next pony and turned her into something and then sold her. And then, but I never had fancy horses when I was young until I went to Connecticut. I went to Kent school to really ride and I ended up riding with Scott Evans, who was incredible. And he gave me just an excellent foundation for the equitation, but I was leasing a horse and that horse got injured and At that point, I had been living in a cabin at Ken Hollow Farms all summer by myself, just riding and showing. And I was really lonely and I was 16. Mm -hmm. And so when the horse needed time off, I didn't have anything to ride. And I saw an opportunity to step back a little bit. I took it. And I I think... I was burnt out. And I think a lot of juniors get this way. I had been working really hard. I was trying so hard to qualify for the indoors, but I was kind of late getting there because of my journey, just doing it myself and not having very fancy horses when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And so I also had played field hockey and lacrosse in middle school and high school. And I really wanted to play a team sport in college. There wasn't the division one equestrian like there is today, which I would have loved. Mm-hmm. So I really wanted to play a team sport in college. And I realized that if I didn't do that, I had taken a year off from that to ride, to focus on the riding. And I realized that if I didn't get back to it, I would never be able to play in college. I came back to Maryland So I was just 17 and I played lacrosse at Kent that spring. And then I went to college lacrosse camps to try and get recruited. I went to Princeton camp and Dartmouth camp and just committed myself completely. Like I had to riding back to lacrosse Mm -hmm. and I did get recruited by Princeton and Dartmouth. And I ended up playing division one lacrosse for Princeton. Wow. So it was a good, it was worth the sacrifice, worth the time off. I promised myself I would return to riding one day, but I just didn't know when that would be. Mm -hmm. And I saw my aunt as a role model because she was an incredibly successful amateur owner and lovely hunter rider. I had watched her win at Washington 
as an adult, as an amateur. So I knew there was a journey. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I wasn't going to worry about it. I just knew also that I loved team sports and I loved lacrosse. And I wanted that experience in college. So what eventually brought you back to the sport after all those years off? So horses were always close to me, right? I I would I became a photojournalist and traveled all over the world. I was always drawn to horses. I have so many photographs of of horses at, in the New York Times or in magazines. I just I always am I never was far from them, I felt like. Mm-hmm. And moving to Montana, horses are such a huge part of the culture of Montana. So I moved to Montana in 1995 after graduate school and I freelanced as a photojournalist and I got a job at the paper. And when my husband and I, we got married and then he got a job in Los Angeles. So we went to Los Angeles in 2012. And after a couple of years in Los Angeles, I, I thought we were going for a year or two. And after a couple of years, I realized I needed something there that was mine. And I had a little, I had a two-year-old when we went, my son was two. So I just Googled Barnes one day. One day my husband was traveling for work and I Googled Barnes and I stumbled upon Far West Farms. And it, I looked at the photos and it looked like the kind of place where I would want to ride. And I I sent them an email and they wrote right back. And two days later, I went and I had a lesson. I was wearing sneakers and jeans. And I rode with this amazing woman who's become a dear friend. Her name is Lisa Wynn. And she, I trotted once around the arena and she said, you can ride, come in, you need spurs. And then that day she made me jump, which was incredibly fun. I was hooked again. And I asked her when I could come back. And I was sore for about a week, literally from my toes to my nose. I couldn't walk. And then I came back a week later and I was coming once a week. And then I asked her, can I come twice a week? And then I started coming twice a week. And then I said, how about three times a week? And I started coming three times a week. And then I half leased a horse and then I leased a horse and then I bought my horse. And you're coming back. Did anything surprise you? Was it easier than expected? Harder? It was interesting coming back. I feel like it was, it's easier as an adult mm-hmm. in it's harder as an adult physically because you're not as live and strong and, and resilient. And if you fall off, you don't bounce as much. <laughs> yeah, you don't bounce. You don't bounce as well. You're not as limber, but it's easier mentally because I feel like as a junior, I put so much pressure on myself and I compared myself so much. And I feel for the juniors. I try and I try and talk to them when I can because I've been there and I know how hard it is. And I think even harder in ways today because people have nicer horses and it's and go to even more horse shows and it's even more expensive. And 
it's it's just a lot for a kid. Mm. It's a very hard sport mentally. If you're worrying about those things mentally, your horse knows it and it doesn't go well. So physically as an amateur, I think it's more challenging, but mentally as an amateur, I think it's really liberating. I love that perspective of it. I think that's where a lot of kids too kind of can fall off this sport and you forget why you love it so much. So to be able to come back to it, whether you take, you know, a week off or a few years to be able to come back to it and have like a fresh mental state and really appreciate it again for what it is and the enjoyment of it, I think is really refreshing. Yeah. I think it was weird when I first started riding again. I think when you have more life experience, you can appreciate the joy of the sport. Mm -hmm. You can remind yourself more often how lucky we are to work with animals so closely and to have a teammate who is non-human but really connected to us and bonded with us. And so I feel like the life experience and we've had other hardships by the time we're in our forties, we've had, we've had other hardships and, and pains and, and worked hard for things and had disappointment and, and successes and all of that perspective you can bring back to the sport. And I think it, it just, it brings a calmer mental state that the horses feel. Absolutely. I want to step out of the ring just for a quick second, because you mentioned your incredibly cool job. Are you still a photojournalist? I am still a photographer. I do less photojournalism traveling to far-flung places because I have two kids and I don't, I don't want to go far away. Before I had kids, I went to all 50 states and a, a lot of countries. I had a great adventure and I don't have any regrets at not doing that right now, <laughs> but I will always be a photographer. I, I see the world through images and even at horse shows, I'm always lugging my camera around. I work a lot right now for Briar Horses. I photographed Briar Fest this summer in Kentucky at the horse park. It was incredible. First off, I had never been to the horse park and I'd never been to Briarfest. It's like 30,000 people who love horses. <laughs> so it makes you realize that our love for horses is not unique in our culture, in our society. People just love horses. So that's been fun. You mentioned traveling the world. Do you have a favorite experience? Um. I have so many people always ask me, what's the favorite place you've been? And I always said, wherever I just returned from, <laughs> because wherever was most present in my mind, the sharpest in my memory was the place that I loved most. So everywhere I went, I loved everywhere I went. I had great experiences. One incredible moment as a photojournalist was I went to Sri Lanka after the tsunami in 2004. And I went to the, the east coast of Sri Lanka was decimated, like the wave came a mile into shore in some places. So entire villages, towns were just gone. And 
I found a family living in a refugee camp and I, I photographed them, their story. And the reporter and I sat with them and they in their tent and they fed us the spiciest food you can ever imagine. <laughs> and, and we graciously, while well, we we're sweating and bright red, and then here they were refugees and they were feeding us, the American journalists. And we followed them back. Their one daughter had been injured in the wave. And so we followed her back to the Colombo, the capital on the bus. I followed her journey back to the refugee camp, reuniting with her family. But they had lost a child in the wave. When the when the wave came, it, came, it comes like a flood. One was like a wall of water it came in a set of three. And he had her by the hand and then she was ripped away from him. And, wow. and she never saw her again. So that was just a tragic story, but a lovely family. And so two years later, my husband and I got married and we went to Sri Lanka on our honeymoon. And I insisted that we go. It was kind of war-torn over there. People didn't want to take us there, but I insisted that we go there. We went, we found the family. We asked her and we found them. They had rebuilt their home. They had a little bakery. They were selling bread. And when they, when they heard I was there, they came running out and they had a little baby and they had named her Angel. That's incredible. I loved that full circle story. I always found the hope in the tragedy. That was kind of my survival mechanism, but I think also just my my optimism, but then to return and see the family and that had been so distraught and then to see the joy that they had, they had worked so hard to rebuild their lives. And then they had been blessed with this little baby. What an experience. Yeah. So that, that was, I loved Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka is a, is a really magical place. I, they're, they're having really tough times right now, but, um, and I obviously haven't been back since 2006, but it's a, if you ever get a chance, it's a magical place. The 2023 competition year is nearly here. It's time to renew your USHJA, USCF, and affiliate organization memberships before your first competition to avoid show pass fees and to get exclusive USHJA member-only benefits. Don't forget, members need to join or renew their USHJA membership in all horse registrations, transfers, leases, and name changes through both USHJA and US Equestrian separately. So what does a typical day for you look like now, balancing your your riding life with your family life with your work life? Absolutely. Well, right now we have we have big um, transition because we just moved back to Montana. Mm -hmm. So we were living in Los Angeles for 10 years. Plan was always to return to Montana where we had kept our house and we had just rented it while we were gone. And um, my son is in middle school now and he was really pushing us to go back. And our parents are really aging rapidly sadly. And we both felt like we need more time with them. My husband's parents are in Germany, minor in Maryland, but being in Montana is it's a simpler lifestyle. It's easier than Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, 
I physically couldn't even get both kids to school by myself at the same time. Whereas here, the elementary school is like out our back door. It's literally across the alley. And my son takes a bus that's like half a block away. And the neighbors are very helpful. And and this is kind of an aside, but just so you know that so <laughs> there were many factors i had kind of been dragging my feet because i had just i had fallen in love with the riding in southern california and the access to the horse shows and the entire horse community there had been such a gift so um we decided it was pretty it was kind of sudden but in august that we would be moving back we packed up and we came back to Montana. So I would fly back for the medal finals and then my horse would come after that. So he just arrived last week. So my life as a photographer and a rider and a mother, I probably spend too much time at the barn. (laughs) Ask my husband and my kids, but I, I try and ride about five days a week. And um, I do work, I have to ride and do my work before the kids get home at three o'clock. So I ride early, or I work early, and then I ride later. And there oftentimes when I'm editing photos, I get the kids to bed, everyone to bed. And from nine to midnight, I am working or editing photos. Mm-hmm. And I just make it work, fit it in how I can. And that's one of the sacrifices I'm willing to make so that I can have the horses in my life. Do you have any advice for other amateurs that are maybe struggling with balancing family work and riding or even just looking to get back in the saddle after some time off? Well, I think the pandemic has been good in one way, just in work flexibility. Mm -hmm. So being able to work from home more often, or I know people who have taken Zoom calls in the tack room and they shower at the barn and rush off to the (laughs) office. So listen, that credit to all those people who do that and make it happen. It is a sacrifice and it is hard. It's hard financially. It's hard time-wise but it's so worth it. I, I'm a better mother because I ride. I'm a better wife. I'm a better photographer because I ride horses. They are therapy. They are connection. They are happiness. Horses never hold a grudge. They don't care that you were bad yesterday. (laughs) They just care how you are right now. I love that. So I want to get into um, your experience in the 3-3 adult jumping seat medal. You obviously just walked away with the West Coast title. This was the first year, the inaugural year of that championship. So just take me through your experience. It's it's a different setup. It's set like the talent search, but it's kind of the first of its kind at 3-3 for riders above the age of 21. Well, it was a lot of fun. That is my first thought. It was a lot of fun. And I'm so grateful that they added the adults. Thank you (laughs) for doing that. The adults are included in a lot of the equitation on the West Coast. And it has made my return to riding so challenging and so exciting. 
the white thorn that Georgie Mascri created, let's adult, that is very difficult class that pushes everyone to be their best. And it is really, really, really good experience and kind of sets you up for the rest of the year of the medal finals. Um, but the jumping seat with the format, with the time allowed, I had never done anything like it. I just started doing the jumper medals about a year, a year ago with my last, with my other horse, Casido. And then when I got this horse confidential, he is perfect for the jumper medals. He's scopey and he has a huge stride and he has a brilliant tempo. So I was really excited about this. One of my best friends, Lisa Hankin, when they announced this, I think they announced this like a year and a half ago. Yep. And she immediately texted me and said, you have, she forwarded it to me and said, you have to do this. This, this <laughs> is your kind of metal. And I, you know, I time allowed, I remember the very first time I did a, a class with time allowed. And I, I knew that you couldn't go through the timers, but I didn't know, I didn't remember all the rules. So I was so nervous. I started just doing serpentines in the middle of the arena. <laughs> My <laughs> what were you doing? I said, I was so afraid I was going to go through the timers. I know they're somewhere, but I don't know where they are. So <laughs> it took, it took some experience to do some jumper medals, to get the feeling of time allowed and have that, have that efficient pace and track. But I really love the format. I love the flat phase as being a more challenging flat some more extensive exercises. I, I really work hard at home to use the flat to prepare my horses. I don't want to jump more than a few days a week. So flat work is incredibly important to make sure they are prepared for the jumping. Mm -hmm. And my trainer, the assistant, Melissa Jones at the clearing is always very good at getting us to prepare our horses on the flat with the flat work. So the flat phase, I love counter cantering. I love different flat dressage challenges and movement. So the gymnastics phase I had never done before. I'd never done a gymnastics phase in a show ring. Mm -hmm. So that was a lot of fun, but probably the one that made me the most nervous just because I have a lot of stride and a lot of horse. So I knew I would have to compress him in some places. Um, and then the jumping round was my favorite, just so fun galloping across the grass with challenging courses and technical questions. And a really good friend of mine, Grace Rousseau had been reserved last year in the juniors. And so she had, and she had told me, you have to do this. And, and <laughs> she had given me some tips on, on the format and she was a big help. So I love having a relationship with the juniors when they can really help you out with their experiences. Mm -hmm. And this, this was a, a perfect example. She had done this before she had done well in it. And I never, I had only written in the class a handful of times. And the other challenge is that there is no jump off in the class. 
So the style of riding, the CPHA style of riding has a jump off. So I had some experience with that, but I definitely need more experience in the jump offs. And that was challenging having a jump off in the final when I just haven't, I haven't done that many jump offs. Hey, it worked out though. It worked out. <laughs> I, I, there's some things I could have done, I think to improve that jump off. I had three time faults and Re- but Rebecca ha- also had three time faults. So I thanked her when she came out of the ring for not making me look too slow. <laughs> and so obviously we both had the same the same approach to the jump off with which which worked out. Now that you know you've claimed that title, what's next for you? Well, I'm just adjusting to having my horse in Montana, which was which is exciting, but also challenging, uh, difficult. My I had a lovely barn in Los Angeles at the clearing with Michelle Morris, and I had wonderful friends. And I've ridden with this with love sport horses here for about eight years, ever since I got back into riding, whenever we would come back to Montana, which we did often, they would give me horses to ride. So they have been very good to me throughout the years. And I knew I wanted to bring my horse there if we were coming back. So there are some things that I'm really excited about. One, he has a huge turnout in a pasture. He can turn out with other horses. There's These are things that you just can't have in Los Angeles City. So he went from living in a stall a hundred yards from a freeway to a beautiful farm with a grass. Right now he's in a grass pasture and I pull in and I see him out there and I call him and he comes over to the gate and there's no grooms. So I am back to doing all my own grooming like when I was a kid. And part of that is, is, an adjustment and and difficult and part of that is wonderful because i love you can ask our grooms who were great in la but i'm i try and always be involved i want to know i want to connect with my horse i often would groom him and tell the grooms no i got it because if i take care of him on the ground he'll take care of me in the air so grooming my horse is time time that we connect, time that we bond, time that he knows that I care about him and I want him to care about me. So our last little bit, we call it the Victory Gallop. It's just a short series of questions for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. Okay. So the first one, bay, gray, or chestnut? Bay. For whatever reason, my my great horses have been bays. What is the last TV show or movie you watched? Oh, I don't have time, but I did. My husband and I did rewatch This Is 40 because so funny and we laughed so hard. What are two things you can't get through a day at the barn without? Oh, lip balm and stick spray. I'm an amateur. What is your hidden talent? Oh, my hidden talent. I have a very good headstand. What is something that makes you excited? Oh, being outside. 
I love being outside. That's why I'm a photographer. That's why I love riding. That's why I love Montana. I was going to say that seems right on par with everything. Yeah. What is the most used app on your phone? Messages, because I never have time to talk. That's a reasonable one. (laughs) No, I'm always texting because I always have a kid in tow and I can't talk on the phone. Lastly, describe your dream horse in three words. Scopy, smart, and beautiful. I think my horse has all three, so I feel pretty grateful. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of USHJA On Course. Subscribe so you don't miss the next episode and follow us on social to stay up to date on everything USHJA. Mm